You're about to listen to an episode of What the Hell Just Happened. Join Paul Edwards and his guests as they discuss interesting HR topics and solve some of our listeners' submitted questions. And occasionally I'll go off HR topic and talk about whatever I want to talk about. Think barbecue, space exploration, technology, money, managing, business, things that interest all of us. We get a lot of emails with questions. Stay tuned for details on how you can submit yours to the show. And now let's get started. In today's podcast, we're going to talk about an article that we're currently writing for the publication. It's a national publication called Dentaltown, where we're going to discuss multitasking versus sequencing. I was doing another podcast and I had Cece in the podcast with me when we were talking about hiring and maybe some questions to ask. And I brought up, you know, looking for multitaskers and Cece just had this epiphanal statement. She said, no, no, we're not looking for multitaskers. We're looking for sequencers. We're looking for people who can do the work, put it in order. And, you know, that really stuck with me. So when it came time to write an article, I was thinking about it and thinking about it as I do. And um, I really started to kind of burrow down into this subject, which I really like, and look at the differences between the two. And so in today's podcast, we're going to talk about those differences and some of the questions that you might be able to ask to help you find uh, people who are good sequencers as opposed to just great multitaskers. So I hope you enjoyed today's What the Hell Just Happened in HR. At the end, we're also going to uh, answer a listener's question because they're starting to come in, y'all. And I hope you keep sending them in. You know, I kind of, guys, I just want to kind of like, we're going to reveal a little bit of the sausage making here. Okay. <laughs> we're, we we're, make sausages at Cedar now? We do. We do. <laughs> so we make, exciting. We make the sausage just in time in the for the holidays. It's my Southern thing coming up. <laughs> y'all don't want to see the sausage being made, but you sure do love it. Um, so anyway, um, my barbecue self tells you that that's not true. It's actually awesome to uh, watch the sausage <laughs> being made. Anyway, we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, HR sausage that goes on around here. And that seems totally inappropriate. I need that on a shirt. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so anyway, it, it, look, for everybody who's listening, we, we get asked often by – national organizations to write some kind of articles for him. We have to pick and choose because if we responded to everyone that we were asked for, that's all we would be doing is working for other publications. <laughs> um, and so, but, but in this case, we have a publication we've worked with for a long time. If, if uh, you're a listener and you're in dentistry, you've probably heard of this organization called Dental Town. It's this huge community, t- you know, tens, over 100,000 members uh, worldwide, you know, like 70,000, 80,000 dentists have uh, joined it here in the United States. If you're not a dentist, don't worry about it. This is still quite applicable to you. Mm-hmm. And I'm go- we're going to kind of focus when we talk today about medical and dental and managers. That's who we're thinking about is the manager and the leaders and the people that are doing the work in these uh, in these small businesses, these small to medium businesses. Mm-hmm. and But but I believe this applies no matter who's listening. Oh, absolutely. I don't care if you're Definitely. a real estate company or, yep. or, or whatever you're doing. And I do want to say part of the premise of this article, and, and we've, again, the sausage making, I, I hate the title. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. We have to redo the title. Okay. <laughs> but I think I wrote the title. I'm pretty sure you I wrote did. the title. Yeah. So the title is The, the, Symphon- the Symphony of Focus – why sequencing must exist alongside multitasking in the modern workplace. Now, if I can't even say that and read it right, then <laughs> yeah, it, absolutely. it seems like a, a bit it's a much. Mouthful. Yeah. Why sequencing must exist alongside multitasking in the modern workplace? Um, the, I, you know, I, I think everybody here is tired of me telling the story about the scrum principle and the book and all that stuff. 
Um, I'm just going to put this out here right in front as we're talking, everyone. There's a lot of science that that proves, and, and I think if you look at yourself as a leader or a manager or even as an employee, you're gonna this is going to ring true with you. There is a lot of research out there that supports the idea that when we multitask and we're constantly switching tasks and jumping from one thing to the next mm-hmm. – that the more disparate those things are, meaning the the less like one another that they are yeah. towards a common goal, mm-hmm. the longer it takes to execute each of those tasks. And and I mean to, to juxtaposition that at it it takes longer than if you could sit there in a vacuum and not have the fire hose of working in a in a modern business today uh, fired at you. Yep. If you could just set yourself aside and, and order things yep. and and put all the things that are somewhat alike together and get them done all in order, then you would be able to complete those tasks in um, you know a, a much quicker fashion. Yeah. So the studies are four to five times. I think I've seen some that say even it takes ten times longer. Oh yeah. So I want to, before we get into this, um, because, you know, I'm sitting here with um, Cece and I'm sitting here with Amanda and Cece's the one that really hit me with this. Um, as I s- said in the introduction, we were talking about multitasking and what people expected, hiring and all sorts of stuff. And all of a sudden, Cece says this this thing about sequencing. So I want to, I just want to set the stage for you. You're in a practice, you have 15 employees. Um, you you have an office manager. Uh, she or he, most likely she, um, is kind of a jack of all trades. She can do every single job in the practice. And because we're a small business, sometimes we don't even have more than one or no backup for yeah. a position, yeah. right? Yeah. So might there, we may not be able to afford an extra position. We may not need an extra position. Mm-hmm. And so – um, this office manager, uh, uh, by example, but it really anybody in your office can find themselves diverted towards having to do something, uh, lots of what I call disparate things. Mm-hmm. And I'm not speaking to that condition right now. In this article that we're writing or in this, this podcast, I, I, need, I need to recognize this. The receptionist, the person who answers the mm-hmm. phone, the, mm-hmm. the the front desk sergeant, whatever we want to call her, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean. I I don't want to I don't want to denigrate anything. Yeah. Re- receptionist is is the most important job in oh, yeah. the dental practice or yeah. in any medical practice. Doctors in the medical practices out there, I know not a ton of you listen to this, but a couple hundred of you are. <laughs> if you don't do something about your front desk people and mm-hmm. pay them more and train them better, mm-hmm. you're going to continue to struggle. Okay, I'm I'm going to get off that. <laughs> <laughs> on a side note, and then, and, but the the thing with well, the difference is, is with um, I digress with dental offices, they really have to be somewhat of an entrepreneur mindset because one, as soon as a dentist walks out his or her front door, all I have to do is look a block down the street for the next dental practice, yeah. and so people who go to dentists are um, accustomed to being treated well. The teams are much more trained. I mean, there aren't always exceptions, and mm-hmm. some people have bad days every well, now and Well, it's true, then. and I think because people are so um, – that can be a real fear for people. Yep. So you really have to have that um, presence in the office that's calming and welcoming. It's and, that front stage, yeah. backstage sort yep. of thing. You yeah. have to have everything running in the backstage. The problem we have with medicals, we don't have enough doctors, mm-hmm. and therefore um, people will put up – people, me, uh, customers, <laughs> patients yeah. will put up with a lot of – Shit. 
that's the right word, yeah. in a medical practice in order to be able to get in to see our doctor. So yeah, we'll just oh, sure. suffer through. Yeah. The thing with dentistry is, is if you're suffering, uh, and I don't mean because the tooth hurts or you need some kind of treatment from this, if you're suffering through the team, you'll just move. Mm-hmm. You'll just go, I'm just going to go someplace where people are nice and yeah. professional and can handle things. Okay, now back to the <laughs> subject. I want to recognize that on this day in this office that I'm talking about, the receptionist uh, had to call out. And, and there is no one else to take her place. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, there are um, three hygiene chairs in this practice and two doctors, the main doctor and the associate doctor. Uh, uh, un, you know, not uncommon. Um, patients have called in and canceled several of them, three or four of them. It's kind of weird. It's a little too much. For, it's not normal. But the, uh, several have called in and canceled their hygiene appointments. So we need to try to fill those hygiene slots, even if it's to fill them with uh, employees who are waiting to get into hygiene. Mm, you know, we got to oh, yeah. trigger. We got to mm-hmm. trigger the process. Yeah. Okay. Also, by the way, it's it's eight fifteen. The practice is open, and the first patient has walked in the door expecting to be seen at eight thirty. And normally, that front desk person uh, does a few things, enters a few yeah. things, opens up some software, and lets the back know that that person's in. The back then needs to open some more records and get ready for that patient. And they're back there wondering, did the first patient show up? I, I did mention, right, that the phone's ringing, yeah. right? right? Yeah. <laughs> and payrolls do. Oh, yeah. Oh, let's throw that in there. And payroll's due tomorrow. And yeah. not only is payroll due tomorrow, but about uh, eight of your, well, all of your people are, are, are supposed to be clocking with the, with the exception of the associate. All your people are supposed to be clocking. Mm-hmm. And eight of your 14 people to this day continue to be unable to punch a time card and put the time in. (laughs) And so, uh, CC, you need to reach out to them and tell them without saying, (laughs) you idiots, would you please put your time in? And by the way, the person who is sick is is the leading person. You know that she has a a wrong punch. She said she was there this morning and she never showed up. (laughs) And you also know that that you got to put in some time for her sick leave. Um, I'm like getting a headache just hearing all these things. I know. By the way, <laughs> I, I can't believe it, but the fax machine is running. Oh, my running, God. Yet another. Right? Because we're in medical, <laughs> and so the fax machine is running. And 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 for some reason, the network is down this morning. Oh and it's God. coming in and it's going out. But the office manager, she knows, she knows <laughs> the trick. She's put a call in to the network people. They'll get back to them on Friday. Today's Tuesday, you know, so she's got to get this fixed because her computer's working fine, but she's heard from hygiene, we can't bring up our software. Oh, we just discovered it's not the network, it's the <laughs> software. So we need to get in touch with Dentrix or whoever the, whoever's running the software. <laughs> we need to get in touch with them. And, um, geez, is that the fire marshal? <laughs> what else could we pull out of the bag? Okay, but this is normal, right? Yeah, this is crazy. normal. Yeah. And, and, oh, and I, I also want to add that the air conditioning guys called, and they're not coming today. <laughs> We've been waiting for them for three days, and the air conditioner in the very back is not running. <laughs> That's the fire hose that, that is coming. That I want to recognize that there's no sequencing, that there there's just, you know, Jägermeister. <laughs> You know, you know, like, do I pull my hair out first yeah. or do I yeah. try? take a shot? Yeah. First. Which one <laughs> should I take a yeah. shot right now? Managers, the answer is no. You have to wait till after work to yeah. get to wear this off. This is what red wine was made for. Um, and, and 
So I want to recognize that you can't sequence that. That yeah. fire hose just yeah. comes comes at you. But it, but it, it, it is normal, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I just want to take that craziness that we just yeah. talked about, and I, and I want to back it back up a notch, and I want to say that everything's kind of going right on, on, on my next example. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, is that you will look up sometimes and realize that you have people working for you, and they are working on many different things all at once. Yeah. That's the main reason for coming to this. Yeah. Where this principle comes from, the Scrum principle, is software – I'm not going to go too deep into it, but if you can find the Scrum Principle, Google it, and kind of read into it. What they basically did was take things um, in developing software and stop looking at the big picture, and they went for small sequences of like things that needed to be done. Mm. So instead of working on the six different – the same team, same team, this is important, working on six different things. So one of them is we're working on the code. We're working on the functionality of the code. In other words, we're still talking to our client about how they want this to work or our manager, Mm -hmm. how do they want this to work, working on the look of it at the website, working on the security of it at the databases, working on that. You you see where I'm going with this? Again, I'm creating a fire hose of disparate things. Mm -hmm. They said all we're going to work on for the next week is all six people on this team are going to work on design and nothing else. You won't be switching from design into code. You won't be switching into security. You won't be doing anything. And by the way, you also won't be going into any meetings and you won't be reporting anything to anybody personally. You're going to keep all of your reporting in something like Asana, which is tracking, yeah. and your manager can look in there and help you. Yeah. Um, what this led to was that uh, uh, teams of three, two, three, four, five, six people could actually look at everything that needed to be done and just knock it out on their own. And then this was the best part is they start helping one another. Mm-hmm. I finished my parts. What do you need help with? Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of neat. And, and this is where these studies came from, right? Mm-hmm. They, they took they took multitasking and they sequenced it. Mm-hmm. They put it, they started lumping things together. So, oh, you know, please go. Oh, well, I was going to say, I have a, a better example that might help people envision, like, what please. does this look like in an office? So we just had Thanksgiving. If you think about planning, may, maybe you do this. I don't know. You, you probably have better insight than I do. But the way that I figure out Are we how, talking Thanksgiving? how I'm going to cook <laughs> Thanksgiving dinner, I look at what time we're supposed to sit down and eat. Did you listen to my podcast? I think we talked about Did reverse engineering. We talked about reverse engineering, yes, but not like in the way of saying blatantly sequencing and multitasking. Okay, he was okay. just like, remem- you need to realize. I don't remember no, this we didn't part. go that deep. Okay. We didn't go that deep. And but, so yeah. I look at, I take each dish that I'm going to make and I look at how long does it take to cook? Okay. Yeah. So that means that I need to have it ready to go in the oven what at this time. What time does it go in the how oven? How long does it take me to do all the things that I need to do to get it ready to go in the oven? So I need to start the turkey at this time. Now I'm going to do that with the potatoes. Now I'm going to do that with the other thing. And I fit in a timeline of the day of what, when I need to start each thing and when I need to put each thing in the oven. And your uh, your, your your other half and your kid have no <laughs> idea how lucky they are. That's all I'm saying. That was just True. some, that's, that's my love language right there. I write it with a Sharpie on the tinfoil on top. What, oh, do, no, what yeah. temperature? I make a note in my phone. Temperature and time. Yep. 1 p.m. Yep. <laughs> um, and then if you think about that on a bigger scale in yeah. like a professional kitchen mm-hmm. where now there's multiple people. Yep. And so the sous chef needs to start, you know, chopping the onions at this time because yep. I'm going to need them at this time. And then they're going to go in this dish. 
Um, that is pretty akin to what it should look like in an office, right? You're looking at all the things that have yep. to get done. What's each person's part and who needs to do which thing so that the next person can do their part. And look, in the, in the old days, all right, but I'm going to say prior to about, um, I'm going to say about 2020, but maybe it started around 2015, 2016 when it changed. It being how we um, how we view the manpower that we need in order to get something done. Mm-hmm. So what we used to do is we, in order to keep kind of people siloed and doing the the thing, is we hired specialists. When I say specialist, I mean we would hire someone whose job it was to do these focused things and they didn't do much else. Mm-hmm. Now that can be kind of boring, right? For that person, that can be kind of brutal because, you know, you're entering data, you just do this. And what we would do is we would just add more people to the team in order to keep those silos uh, kind of functioning. Um, the thinking was, well, if they do this, then they are, can't do that, or that's not the place for them. I don't know why we siloed people so much, but that was one of the approaches. But what changed that was software mm-hmm. and the need to do more with less yeah. and to be remain competitive. And this goes all the way into dental practices, not medical practices, because they don't care. Um, but, but dental practices in, in, in every other business out there and every other small to medium business out there mm-hmm. has to care about um, they, they, they have to they have to compete. They have to do more with less. Yeah. So now instead of adding more people, we add another piece of software, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So we add billing. Okay. So the front desk person mm-hmm. is answering phones and that used to be mostly what they did. And they would let the office know what's going on. They may do some scheduling, but now they may find themselves in billing mm-hmm. and bill collecting mm-hmm. And filling hygiene appointments that are 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 no longer full, and 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 I can just go on and on and on and on because we added all this software capability where one person could actually sit down at a screen and open up six different things, and the the things the software that were open were providing quite a bit of the expertise for them, mm-hmm. like yeah. supportive expertise. Am I making sense here? Yes. So now what we have is we flash forward twenty years. And multitasking is just natural. I mean, we mm-hmm. wrote this article for Dental Town that we're kind of talking about right now. It's uh, on February. Yeah, it comes out in February of uh, 2024. Mm-hmm. And um, and the, the, the big point that we want to make here is that, you know, you're not looking for a multitasker because you can't find anyone who's not a multitasker. Right. That's true. It's just so yeah. natural for us these days. There's so many things grabbing our attention have everywhere. You, have right you now. driven lately? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, exactly. everybody's yeah. multitasking. See, yeah, that's, that's what just I kind of. Yeah, I didn't really understand that at first when we started diving into the subject. I thought we were saying sequencing is like better than or should only exist. And then you're like, no, no, no. Sequencing and multitasking work together. You know what I mean? To the best of your ability. Yeah. You can't just sequence your day because then when random stuff comes up, you're going to like freak out and not know what to do. You're going to be like, wait, no, it's not in my schedule. It's not in my sequence. Yeah, we can't. You know what I I mean? I I just want to recognize that it can't can't be that way. Yeah, that just doesn't exist. Right. It's just, uh, I think the bigger point is like what Paul's just saying. You you know, putting in your job description that someone needs to be able to multitask task is like saying that they need to be breathing. Like yeah. it's just <laughs> it's right. Just <laughs> yeah. So they're like, say... I'm going to check my Reddit, my email. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to talk to my mom. I'll be texting <laughs> yeah. with my husband. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I'll stop at some of these stoplights and and turn signals. I'll yeah. be doing that as well. I mean, they're going to multitask. So, so dare we say, is this one of the biggest solutions to burnout in the workplace? 
Well, I think, I think, yeah, I think mm-hmm. that if you think about your, look, your, your, unfortunately now your best day could be your worst day. And your best day is, is I multitask my ass off today and I got so much done today and I just feel like I got a lot of things accomplished. But that feeling I believe is, is fleet, is fleeting. Mm-hmm. Kind of exhausting. It's exhausting. I think it's exhausting yeah. and it's just like um, training too hard in a gym. Yeah. You you may actually be uh, getting bigger, or you may be you know training and doing and doing it, coming to the gym every day, but you're not making any progress. Mm-hmm. And eventually, what you're doing is setting yourself up to um, to to burn out, to not be able to uh, lift as much. You know, mm-hmm. if we're going to go for the metaphor there. Yeah. Um, so it seems like it's really important for managers to have a really good idea of how to sequence, so that they can better sequence their teams and help decrease burnout in their practice or business. Well, I think the other thing is um, what happens when you're multitasking and you're just focused on the day-to-day and you don't have a sequencing mindset is you end up getting to deadlines or, you know, there's all these things that you can't get done because they do need some focused attention. Because and they're taking 10 times longer to yeah, do it because everything's taken Because of the scrum principle. And then you yeah. end up rushing, you know, the pressure yeah. of, oh, my gosh, I didn't get this done. I, d- I didn't think about checking time cards this morning so that I could give people enough time mm-hmm. to go fix them. And now I have to submit payroll and now there's all this pressure to get it done right now. And I didn't think that, you know, Jane left early today and her time card needs attention. So, you know, you end up with this buildup of things that add all of this additional unnecessary pressure and that um, leads to additional burnout, too. And I really like how you said you're you're focused kind of only on the day to day. I think, you know, a lot of what we talk about here is, you know business growth. And you have to have that like growth mindset of your core values, your mission, purpose, vision. If you're just focused on the day-to-day, I don't think you're probably paying much attention to your vision and making sure that you're like trying to get where you want to go. Well, this is goes back to making time, yeah. making space for time, making space for thinking, making mm-hmm. space for having a larger conversation with yourself. So yeah. it's easy from, um, you know, just speaking to what you just said, the, the kind of the strategic HR business planning thing yeah. that you guys know I love to talk about. And I'm always like, look, I need you, you know, I'm telling everybody, everybody who listens, everybody who I lecture to or write articles, you need to do this sooner rather than later. You think you you don't need to do it until you get bigger, but yeah. you should start delving into it. But the, the number one question is, how am I going to find time for this? Mm-hmm. And what I'm telling you is, is the place for the time is in the sequencing and the multitasking. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's possibly there. You're just doing, you're just doing a lot. You're just doing a lot. And, and so, um, you know, speaking back to that epiphany, the question is, is how do we find a sequencer? So mm-hmm. I don't want anybody to get off this podcast without like having the Guidance. advantage of having HR who is CC and who's responsible for adjusting the questions. By the way, everyone, this principle of um, when you need to fill a position, whether it's replace or create a new one, but but let's use the context of replacing. We need to create a position. One of the best things, I'm sorry, to fill a position, one of the best things that you can do is, is to look back at what was working for the last person. Also look at some of the things that they weren't capable of doing and see how you might ask better questions during the interview to fill that. So you don't want to lose the good things. Yeah. So, you're, yep. so you're making, you're trying to refulfill the good things. You try to fill the gaps. And then there's always a set of questions that you just didn't even ask. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah, that's that, that's this process that we're talking about right here, yeah. which is, okay, let's just say uh, our typical, uh, our, our, uh, <laughs> our, our typical uh, owner of a practice had needed a manager. Um, he picked the person who showed up on time every day and seemed to be, you know, most engaged with his practice and, and gave them the job and they didn't work out. So let's go. Let's work from that place, okay. and let's work from that place. That the reason why they didn't work out in the end is is that they were pretty good at multitasking, but they had no sequencing conversation at all. Mm-hmm. They were just would say yes to everything. They would work their ass off, and they kept the wheels on by by sheer force. Mm-hmm. And I oh, don't. That's me- an interesting way I of saying it. Kept the wheels <laughs> on by sheer force. Yeah, they like forced that. themselves yeah. <laughs> to keep the practice yeah. looking good and the team looking good by always fi- by always filling in. And if you uh, and, and so we we lost her. Mm-hmm. You you know what happened? Burned out. She, she got burned out. Yep. Yep. She burned out, and she yep. got a job. And she was talking to someone, and she was like, "I need to look around because I can't take this anymore." And she went yeah. and talked to someone, and they said, "Oh no, you won't be doing all those things. This is all you have to do here." And yeah. what what she didn't know she heard was, "Hey, we're going to sequence you. We have yeah. good. We have mm-hmm. leak. We have leadership here, and we can't have you in all these disparate things. There'll still be tons of multitasking. You'll be exhausted at the end of the day, but it won't be because you ju- you're responsible for." 10 different disparate things every single day. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how do we find this person or how to, uh, what do you ask? What, what, what do you ask? Typically you want to do some sort of skills test, but this sort of skill is not something you can easily test for because uh-huh. you, you're looking at a longer period of time, right? It's not just looking at like, can you complete, put a tray together? Can you complete this Excel spreadsheet? Mm-hmm. Um, but you can build this into your set of questions. So it's in place of a skills test or in conjunction with an actual skills test. Mm-hmm. The questions are your skills test. Um, so some of the questions that we might ask are what information would you need to be able to plan your approach to completing these three tasks and give them something that's relevant to your business that mm-hmm. they should know relatively how to complete, right? If you're applying to be a hygienist at a dentist's office, you should have the basics of the job and understand mm-hmm. some of the terminology. So something that's relevant to what their workday is going to look like and look at what their approach to answering that is. Like, what are they asking for? Are they asking things like, well, what are your busiest or slowest days? That makes sense. So I was going to say, if I answer that saying, okay, so there are three tasks that need to be done today. I want to know, like, again, what is the busiest time of the day? What are the busiest times of the week? Which one is the most important? Mm -hmm. Which one's the least important? Are there other people waiting on it? You know, questions like that sound like they would be the good approach, the sequencing approach. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or similarly, you can say you have three tasks. They all have the same deadline. Which one are you going to do first, or how are you going to decide what order to complete them in? Mm -hmm. And so some of the the things that you just said are are exactly what you want to listen for. Are they thinking about like the in order twos, the things that they have to have in place or do 
ahead of the next one. So if they're... I, I'm going to deal with the patient standing in front of me yep. first because that yeah, was the first thing. So I'm going to yep. deal with that. Um, I'm going to um, I'm, I'm gonna um, either get on the phone with the, hygiene, with the people and try to fill the hygiene slots or I'm going to get somebody in from hygiene who's sitting back there to help me with it because I can't get to it. And the last thing on your list, which is the billing question that's coming from the insurance company, I'm going to save that for later. That's mm-hmm. not... There's nobody standing in front of me and I'm not me. trying to fill chairs. That's... That's, yep. the, that's the sequencer. So we yep. can give them a good answer. What would a bad answer be that tells you that they don't know how to sequence? A bad answer would be um, something along the lines of, well, I'm going to do this thing first because I like it better. Oh, I'm going to okay. save yeah. this for last because I don't like it. And there's no thought process linked to sense. like the bigger picture. They're not reflecting on um, how much time something actually takes. They're they're just disconnected and it's just it's more about like the thing I want to avoid versus the thing that I'm willing to approach. Interesting. Could it also be like they're maybe not a self-starter? Like they say, I don't know, which one would you want me to get done first? Oh, that's, oh, that, that's a good Like yep. I would uh, ask my manager which one they want done first. Yep. You know what I mean? That means they're not that yeah. self-starter that they're, can sequence in their own head. They're not thinking yeah. critically. They're just they want to be fed the task. OK, mm-hmm. so I want to change something for the listeners out there. In the context of listening to what we just said and where we're going, I want you to take out the the thing I said that we're looking to maybe hire a manager. Or if I didn't, if I did didn't say, say that, that, I didn't mm-hmm. say. OK, yeah. so this is good for no matter who we're we're talking to because if someone says to you that and you like them a lot and they say those words well I'd ask my manager mm-hmm. that might actually be a positive I'm serious it's it's it, it you and and now you know it this person needs managing that's that's where they are okay yeah there's definitely a role where uh-huh. where that is going to be an advantage yeah um, but in terms of the sequencing conversation, yeah. That's that, not that's your favorite true. answer. That's, yeah, that's not <laughs> indicating that that they're going to think critically about it. But right. there, there certainly is a time and place for that. I think if I was hiring a manager that I would, um, you know, note to self, I think I might, I might put together the hell morning that I just put together mm-hmm. and give them the first three and then say, now the next two things happen. What are you going to do? And then add the next two and say, now that's happening. Now now I'm sitting here looking at a person in front of me who's interviewing, and I'm beginning to see how they're going to react to this kind of pressure that I'm going to put on them at this point. Mm-hmm. It's a it little bit sense. of a hot seat as you start yeah. adding add it in. Throwing some now, fire at them. <laughs> now what you can do. And then I might even try to give them um, something that's presumably unsolvable. Oh, and see if they're able and just to say see, that's unsolvable. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, that's that. I think that that's actually a very yeah, yeah. good uh, exactly. uh, attribution to sequencing. And 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 and, and you know. Best case maturity of a manager or somebody who's working towards being a leader is I'm I'm going to have to say no to that. Mm-hmm. It's going to be Absolutely. no. It's going to be no to that today. Yeah. May, and it may be no to that for a while until we have time to to figure it out. No today, but not no forever. <laughs> okay. What else? Is there anything else we want to give them before we get out of this podcast? I think we should give them one more question example with a good and bad answer. Okay. Because people are going to be wanting to know, how do I interview people for this? I want this. Well, I mean, you could go back to a conversation like we were talking about earlier with with a time card demonstration or something else that is a repeated problem within your office mm-hmm. and and ask them to propose a solution or if they've dealt with a similar situation and how they improve the oh. process. So, okay. Tell me about a time mm-hmm. when you face the same challenge that we have here, which, which by the way, yep. is the most powerful opening to any interview question. Tell Behavioral me about a time when question. you, yeah. um, and, and, 
you you know the answers to that can come from rank and uh, rank and file and say, well, I I wasn't in charge of timekeeping, but I know it was bad. Yeah, at where I came from, because people were always late, and they were you know it was just causing yeah. a lot of problems. And then, and then on the other side, of it was tell me about a time and what what did you do or how did your office cure this? And maybe when they weren't in charge of it, but they noted it, and so they put a reminder on their calendar so that they weren't part of the problem. Right. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. I like it. Well, I think this was great. I think everyone should read that article in February when it comes out. Yeah. <laughs> if you could chase it down and, and uh, get into Dentaltown and read the article. We also have uh, um, assets on this, stuff that we constantly write about. Oh, I think yeah. it's something we're going to write about a lot this year. We're going to keep trying to delve into it. Definitely. It's so important. Um, CC, I appreciate that insight. This is one of the helpful things of having, you know, HR for an HR company in the room. Um, we get these little uh, – Clips and plops. If you're a leader out there and you have someone who's a great multitasker, uh, they may be on their way to burnout. And if you could help them understand sequencing and if you yourself could gain a better understanding of it. And and I think that this is a caring conversation, oh, right? Yeah. This is I care about your work life yeah. here. You yep. know, our, our, the motto over at Cedar, uh, Cedar Solutions is better workplace, better lives, yeah. right? Yep. And and this goes towards that. Just telling someone that I want you to just think about this and helping them and giving them the tools. Yet another piece of software where they could track everything. Yeah, exactly. If oh, you can help sure. them to sequence or recognize maybe that your office manager is up front and office manager hell uh, because of what's going on up there. Um, if you could recognize that and actually send proactive help up there to help them out, That's or amazing. or yeah. or instead of sitting there because your first uh, appointment canceled, uh, uh, you know, let your associates see their patient and yeah. get your butt up there and check in the first patient and see what <laughs> kind of an impact that has yeah. on on your team and yeah. and on That's that. Great. Um, and on that patient. So, okay, everybody, this has uh, been uh, a what the hell just happened in HR. And um, the next thing we're going to do is we're going to get to a listener question. All right. Listener submitted question. Employee requested to go from full-time to part-time due to too much stress and anxiety at the front desk. It was granted. The employee has a problem with deliverance. She speaks a certain way that doesn't sit well with patients, very strict with policies and cannot converse in a polite manner. We've had a couple of patients leave because of her attitude. I mentioned it to her, and she was co- she was combative with me. I don't think she's the right fit for our cheery pediatric office. Because she has mentioned this job causes issues, would I get in trouble if I terminated her? Today she has mentioned she is finally getting help. Well, you know, that's a good question. It's a very common question. Um, let, me, let me shorten it. We have someone <laughs> here who doesn't really fit our culture when it comes to um, kind of how we want to um, present ourselves. So our front stage is that we are cheery and we're welcoming. And our, our front stage is um, we have patient, uh, uh, parents coming in. Our patients are their kids. It's just one big stress ball. The kids are stressed. The pe- the the parents are stressed because you know. It, I mean, it's it's like it's like dental treatment times two, right? Yeah. Well, that, and that's a big deal in a pediatric office. Oh, I, for sure. You know, I have a little kid. It's that's a stressful yeah. thing. Yeah. So some people are rule followers, and that's not a, not a bad thing. Um, but other people have trouble both with um, you know we just talked about it in the podcast. Um, they have trouble with um, multitasking, mm-hmm. um, and they are. They just really don't have that uh, that emotional intelligence that you're yeah. looking for. Yeah. You know, they're ticking off the job. Mm-hmm. I answered the phone. 
I told them that they didn't have insurance and that it wouldn't cover it. Yeah. What, what's, oh. what else do I need to do here? I mean, it's not my fault they didn't pay their insurance on time oh, or they God. didn't get their child covered by yeah. it. I did my job. What else? You know, it, that, it is that That's sort probably of, exactly that employee. It is. Mm-hmm. Well, she's efficient at the, yeah, at sure. the um, expense of um, – you know, at the, at the expense of the practice. So let me, let me go all the, go all the way around. Um, they, 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 the, the, I think the HR kind of law question that's tucked in the tail end mm-hmm. of that caused a little bit of red flag is she's let me know that this job is stressful to her and it's causing her issues and that she's seeing someone for it. Uh-huh. Um, that, that's not enough. Okay. That's, that's not enough. Yeah. Um, it's when I say not enough, it's not enough to give me pause to say that this person's not a cultural fit and they're not performing well at the job. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Especially if this goes back to when you hired them, cause the job wasn't causing stress that was impacting the behavior right. at, at that point. Oh, right? that's, that's a good just point. How they well, they knew what they were applying for. The job. Yeah. 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 And, and patients have left because, because of her. Now I just want to say to most listeners out there, to all listeners, on this question, um, all people have bad days. All of us have bad days, and we say and do something. So there, there needs to be some forgiveness there all the time. But as soon as someone is losing losing you patience, and you know why, and you know it's because they're mm-hmm. curt and they're rule followers and they can't communicate well, you either have to shift them over and get them to change. And by the way, good luck with that. Mm-hmm. Or you have to you have to put somebody else into the position and, and, and ultimately do a better job of asking questions during the interview to see if you are going to get the bright, cheery person. Uh, trust me, she was not bright and cheery during that interview. Yeah. <laughs> but but the problem the problem is is that a lot of times folks are are, are interviewing and the that that professionalism that she probably portrayed that like not no nonsense probably cut through like a sword to everything else that they were interviewing Absolutely. and they were just yeah. like she's competent she's going to be here on time and she is competent and she is going to be there on time and she is going to do her job every day and she's awful. Yeah. It's not the All right. things can be true. She's not an awful human being. She's yeah. been yeah. put in the wrong position yep. at the at the wrong business. Yeah. They didn't ask to give them an example of a time that she had to deliver some difficult news to somebody who attacked. And how they felt afterwards. Mm-hmm. Because she would have said, well, you know, I told my husband we're done. <laughs> and how did he react? He didn't like it. But you know what? We were done. We were done. <laughs> that's exactly it. And it, it would have been like, okay, well. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's got to be the clip for Instagram. <laughs> I'd like to speak to your children. No, you cannot speak to my children. Um, so anyway, I hope we answered the question yeah, a little bit. So. Look, culture fit is, the I think, one of the most important things. But it's got to be culture and competency together. And if you have someone um, like you described – um, look, after you've lost a couple of patients, you have tons of documentation in place that you should have there. You yeah. have lots of uh, – you should have have been talking to the employee and coaching them yep. and, and getting responses from them. And if you're doing all those things and you're documenting it, then you're in a very, very good position to be able to um, you know, make changes in that position is, yeah. is where I come from. And if you weren't documenting any of that, 
And yeah, we talked to her once about it. And then she got so mad that we were scared to talk to her about it the second time because she made all of our lives miserable. And no, I don't have a lot of documentation. Then you could have a problem here because she's mm-hmm. told you she might have a little bit of a medical condition. Talk to us. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we can't make magic, you know, no. we can't work magic. No. But uh, anyway. I'll help you through it. <laughs> okay. So uh, we do get questions. That was one of our questions. And I'm we're going to try to squeeze these into every podcast so we have a little bit more HR forward focus and I can talk more about barbecue. Thank you for listening <laughs> to what the hell just happened in HR. And uh, thanks everybody. And Amanda, it's good to have you in Tucson for yeah. a, a, a few days. <laughs> she, she, she jumped ship and went to the Midwest. <laughs> We're not going to say exactly where she's exactly. Where, look, the Midwest knows you're there. You need to be careful about what I mean, you say. I can't let them hear yeah, that. Yeah, I know, exactly. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thanks. 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 Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of What the Hell Just Happened. If you have an HR issue, question, or just want to add a comment about something Paul said, record it on your phone and send to podcast at wthjusthappened.com. We might even ask if we can play it on the show. Don't forget to like and subscribe and join us again next week.